1: Hey there, folks. This is Joe Rusiello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And you know, folks, as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and of course on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, It is always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Sermon Sunday on the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Well, folks, can you believe that another week has gone by? I'm telling you, I really can't believe how fast the months and the weeks are flying by. It's already March. I mean, I feel like just yesterday we uh, turned the new year, and uh, we were just getting this whole thing kicked off, but here we are, month number three of 2023, and uh, I'm telling you, the time's just flying by, flying by. Well, folks, I hope you had a great week in the Lord from last Sunday to uh, this Sunday, And uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who uh, tuned in on our Thursday night Bible study as well. Uh, Thank you so much for being there for that. It was a great study. I really had a a great time with that. Uh, We talked about Revelations chapter 2 and chapter 3, which was a a blessing. We discussed uh, the letters to the seven churches. We talked about the doctrine of Jezebel, which... Like I said, Thursday night was probably, for a lot of people, the first time they've heard that, because I don't think very many, very many mainstream churches actually talk about things like the Doctrine of Jezebel. And it was a great study, and uh, we didn't do it verse by verse. We uh, did it more like an overview, because it would just take such a long time to go through uh, each individual letter. Uh, to the individual churches. So we did it as an overview. We got the condemnations. We got the commendations. We got the historical, the doctrinal, and the inspirational uh, applications uh, for those uh, letters to those churches. Uh, We talked about some pretty deep stuff. And uh, coming up this Thursday, Lord willing, we're going to be getting into Revelation chapter 4. And uh, like I told you, Thursday night, Uh, the chances are we're not going to get past verse 1 of Revelation chapter 4 because Revelation chapter 4 verse 1 is just packed with so much powerful information. Uh, It's just not something we can skip over and just kind of gloss over. We really need to get into it. And uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to get into that on uh, Thursday evening, uh, this coming Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Now, folks, I hope that you made it to church today. I really hope that when you were at church today that your pastor, your preacher, was on fire for the Lord, and when you left church today, I hope that you left with a fresh burden for souls and a renewed love and appreciation for this precious, holy Word of God that we have, that God has so lovingly inspired and preserved for us so that we could have it today. Uh, the Word of God is just an amazing thing, isn't it? And Some of the things that we've been learning over the last several weeks have just been astounding to me. And uh, that's going to carry on today because on today's Sermon Sunday, we're going to examine an incredible and amazing miracle that, uh, that God preserved for us in all four Gospels. And it's rare when God's Holy Spirit actually preserves something in all four Gospels. But this is one of those occasions when he did, and we are so thankful for that, because this particular episode has an application for the last days. And when I say the last days, I'm talking about the last days, the last days in which you and I are currently living in. But before we get into today's message, I'm going to ask you to do just two things for me. First of all, would you please visit our website, dot com, and when you get there, head over to our contact section, and why don't you send us off a message. Let us know whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, cares, or concerns that you might have. And, of course, as always, please don't forget to include your prayer requests. We really look forward to getting those, and uh, I really look forward to spending... My private time with the Lord and praying over those things that you guys send, uh, in addition to stuff I have to pray for for myself and my loved ones, and uh, uh, so don't forget to send those along, and they're a real blessing to us. And uh, you know, we also look forward to bringing it to the SOTS podcast family, so we can pray for it together. Uh, So it's a real blessing for us. So please don't forget to send them over. But if you don't like to use the web form, hey, you know what? That's fine. You could always email me directly at info sword of the com. that's info at sword of the podcast.com now also while you're on the website <clears throat> would you please look for that support this podcast button and when you find it would you consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution you can set that up for 99 cents 499 or $0.99. 9.99 a month now if you can't do a monthly recurring contrib- contribution i understand that but perhaps you could uh, pray about doing a one-time contribution and uh, to make that one-time contribution you could also you can click on the WayGiver button which is also on our website and now we've added a cash app qr code to the website as well and you can make a contribution through there So why don't you pray about it, and if the Lord leads you to do it, and if these podcasts and these live broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very long way, and I would be extremely thankful for it. Now, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ. Before we go anywhere else with the show, uh, I always want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, especially uh, for saving me, for shedding his precious, perfect, sinless blood on the cross of Calvary for my sin, for your sin, and for the sins of the world. And all you have to do, folks, it just takes a moment, is you just have to believe and trust that the Lord Jesus Christ's perfect, sinless blood was enough to pay for your sins. That's all it is. And you acknowledge that by simply praying and asking the Lord from a sincere heart. And you just, all you have to say is, dear God, I'm a sinner. I am on my way to hell, but I don't want to go to hell. Would you please forgive me? Cleanse me of my sin. Wash me with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And save me. And I'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all you have to do. And again, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's the blood that saves you. That's exactly what it is. It's the blood that saves you. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, the Bible says. So it's not the words. It's the intent of the heart, the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's it. That's all it is. So if you prayed that prayer... Or if you do pray that prayer and you ask the Lord to save you and you get saved today, would you let me know? Email me, info at sortofthespiritpodcast.com. Or if you're on Spreaker, you can go into the chat room that we have set up on Spreaker and you can leave us a message in there and I would love to talk to you about it. And uh, we could even send you a Bible. So uh, let us know. It's important. It's very important, especially today. I also want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing me this opportunity to sit here behind a microphone and open up the Word of God and to talk with you, get to know you, and uh, to to fellowship around the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a real blessing, and it's a privilege, and uh, it's not something that I take lightly. You have to be very careful when you're handling the Word of God, uh, and uh, we do the very best we can to make sure that we are, and uh, we always try to present the gospel in a very clear Concise, easy to understand way. We're not gonna bog you down with a lot of theological concepts and 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 phraseology and terms like propitiation and, and and things like that. I mean, what's important to know is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, for your sins, he shed his precious blood, and all you have to do is believe. It. That's all you have to do. So again, it's a tremendous opportunity, it's a tremendous responsibility that the Lord has allowed me to have, and I am very, very, very thankful for it. Now, I also want to say thank you to uh, all of you who support us prayerfully. God bless you for your prayers. Thank you so very much for praying for me, for my family, uh, for this ministry, for the work that we're trying to do here, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. Please continue to pray for us. We do covet your prayers. We look forward to your prayers, and um, uh, they do mean a lot to us. Also, want to say thank you to all of you who already support us financially. God bless you for your contributions. Thank you so very much for helping us keep the lights on, keep the servers going, keep the, keep the uh, studio going, uh, f- for helping us to purchase the materials that we use and the things that we send out. So, God bless you for that. Thank you so very much for it. And um, please, please, uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this with your friends and your family and your followers. And... Um, You do that by helping out. You help us out by getting the gospel out. Now, folks, if you are in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, why don't you pay us a visit over at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, all you need to do is visit the Church's Facebook page, just log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you're there, you'll find lots of really helpful information and also episodes of this podcast. And of course, we also want to say thank you to Pastor John Monk, my friend, for allowing us to post the show on the Church's Facebook page and to the folks that maintain the Church's Facebook page for helping it helping us make it so easy to do it. Thank you so very much for it, and God bless you for it. But folks, wherever you're listening, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do you do that? By simply sharing, liking, and subscribing? Well, the more people that you send it out to, the more uh, subscriptions we get, the more opportunity it is for us to reach the lost, with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, you do get a reward for that. You will get a reward from that in glory. If you're saved and you're, you're sharing the gospel, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's through talking to folks, whether it's just handing out a gospel tract uh, or giving out a Bible, uh, anything that you do for the Lord Jesus Christ, you will earn a reward for at the judgment seat of Christ. So it's really important, folks, if you, want to, if you want to see your family, your friends, and folks that you interact with on a daily basis get saved and have the opportunity to, to, to get to heaven, then you've got to take the steps to do it. You can't sit idly by. Because what will end up happening, what will end up happening, is that the great white throne judgment, which takes place after the millennial kingdom, after the tribulation, I believe that we're going to be there and we're going to be watching our loved ones, our family, our friends, people that we interacted with on a daily basis stand before the judgment seat of God, the great white throne judgment. Where they'll receive their condemnation to the eternity in a lake of fire and they're going to look at you. And they're going to look at you and they're going to say why didn't you tell me? Folks, I don't want to bear that burden. I don't want to bear that responsibility. So share the gospel, give the gospel, share the show, give out gospel tracks, do whatever you have to do. Like we say at the end of every show, we have to win the lost, no matter the cost. So let's do it together, folks. Like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. Okay, how about some announcements? don't forget folks our thursday night bible study 7 p.m central time 8 p.m eastern time we are in the book of revelation we've already completed the first three chapters like i told you a little bit ago and we're going to get into chapter four lord willing this coming thursday and i I hope folks i hope you guys are ready this is going to be a good study we're not going to get past verse one at least i don't think so and um there's a lot of information that we're going to talk about, because we're going to be talking about the rapture of the church. We're going to be getting into some dispensationalism as well. We're going to be talking about a number of different things, and it's going to be a great study. Uh, it might be a little bit of a long one, because there's a lot of information I want to pass on, and I really, I don't really want to break it up into two separate episodes. But um, be sure to tune in on Thursday at 7 p.m. If you want to hear it live, you can head to our website, com. And you can listen on the homepage, or you can log into Spreaker, and you can listen on the Spreaker app. So that's Thursday Night Bible Study, 7 p.m. Central Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, folks, are you interested in prepping? Well, if you are, I would like to recommend the Contra Radio Network. What's the Contra Radio Network? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked. The Contra Radio Network is a single podcast housing a nearly a dozen talented podcasters and vidcast hosts and artists from around the country who release content virtually daily. The Contra Radio Network podcast releases 15 to 20 shows a week, depending on the current events. There are no issues that are off-limits to any of these patriots. Do you want a breakdown of current events? We got it. You want to know more about preparedness and self-sufficiency? Got that too. You want a guy driving around ranting like a lunatic? Well, surprisingly, we got that also. You want to hear about politics, Bible studies, sports, camping, firearms, and more? The Contra Radio Network has it all covered in spades. And we are very thankful and very happy to be a part of the Contra Radio Network family. You can also catch our shows on the network as well. So, how do you find them? Well, they're on all your major podcasting platforms. And you can also find them by going to www.crn.com. best .best for the Contra Radio Network. All right, folks, uh, don't forget to head over to our website and look for that Programming Announcements subscription box. And when you find it, just fill it out and get on our mailing list. Uh, We're not going to be sending you out a lot of information that you don't want. We're not going to spam you. We're not selling any of your information. It's all staying with us. And all basically the, the mailing list is is that if there's any change to the program whatsoever, whether it's a late start, an earlier start, a guest, uh, no matter what it is, we're going to be sending out announcements through that mailing list. And that way, uh, we'll be able to reach you guys in between shows because, you know, we don't broadcast every day. So we're only here on Sundays and Thursdays. So uh, in between, things happen. Like the other night, we had that storm. We got a late start. Unfortunately, I couldn't send out the email because our Internet went down and our power went down uh, for a short while. And by the time it came back up, we were ready to get on the air. So um, but in situations like that, when we have some more advanced notice, we'll be able to send out a notice about it and you'll be in the know and you won't miss anything. All right. So just go to sort of the spirit dot com. Fill out the subscription box on the website, and get in the know. Also, on our website, don't forget to head over to the Sword Swag section. And when you get over there, you'll find these really nice Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, of which I have right here, and custom dictates that I must slurp for you so you know that I actually have it. So here we go. Mm. Ah, coffee. McDonald's coffee. Can't get any better than that, especially around here. Mm. there's a Starbucks here too, but I'm not crazy about Starbucks coffee. It gives me heartburn. All right. So if you would like your very own uh, sort of the spirit podcast coffee mug, that will uh, run you a $25 contribution. And we also have these really nice sort of the spirit podcast t-shirts in men's and women's cuts. And you can get that for a $35 contribution. And uh, just go over to that site, sort of the, um, sorry, the Sword Swag section of our website, and look for that info button. Click on that. Send me your mailing information, and I will send you the link to where you can make your contribution. And uh, once we get that squared away, then we'll get these items sent out to you. They are nice. So I would suggest you get at least one of each. That would be good. Uh, but if not, get one of the others. They're nice. They're really nice stuff. All right. Um, now, here's something I, I, I wanted to bring up to you guys, and I want your opinion on it. So, um, you could either, if you're in the chat group, just put a response up in the chat group, or you could uh, email me at info at sort of the spirit uh, Thinking of possibly moving the Thursday night Bible study uh, to Tuesday night, uh, part of the reason is that. Uh, at my at my job they have some uh thursday night events that go on that um a lot of times we are required to be there for so uh that that can delay the show and that can you know kind of uh interfere with our schedule so we're thinking about moving it to tuesday nights so if you guys have any objection to that or any other suggestions would you please let me know either in the chat room on spreaker or you could uh email me info at sword of com, and uh, if we do make this move it won't be immediately it'll be within like the next two weeks or so. all right so please uh, pray about that and let me know what you think and I'll be praying along as well. All right well we are going to take our first break of the afternoon and uh, we will be back in just a few minutes. don't forget to please like subscribe and share this podcast, this live show, with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we'll be right back after this. Don't go away.
2: Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Then came Sunday. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we're going to go into our next segment of prayer requests. All right. Now, um, first and foremost, we always pray for those folks that uh, on our list for salvation because salvation is the single most important decision that you're ever going to make in your life. And I've I've told you many times, I'll continue to tell you, is that your salvation is not determined upon anything that you do. There is nothing that you can do to earn salvation. There is nothing you can do to earn a place in heaven. There is nothing that you can do to earn that mansion in glory that the Lord Jesus Christ has prepared for his saints. There is nothing. There is no church you can attend There's no priest or pastor or preacher that you can talk to. There's absolutely nothing that you can do to earn your place in heaven. Like I said, going to church doesn't help. Getting baptized doesn't get you saved. It'll get you wet, but it's not going to get you saved. Taking communion is not going to get you saved. Giving money to the poor, giving clothes, charitable things, they're not going to get you. They're good to do, no doubt about it. But they're not going to save you. The only thing that's going to save you is putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. That's it. That's all it is. Your church is not going to save you. Praying to saints is not going to save you. None of that saves you. Mary is not going to save you. There is no mediatrix. The Bible says there is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Mary has nothing to do with it. The saints have nothing to do with it. The popes have nothing to do with it. It's all on you, putting your full faith, trust, and confidence in Jesus Christ and his shed blood. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And all you need to do, all you need to do is just acknowledge that you're a sinner and put your faith in Jesus Christ. And you do that simply by saying, Dear God, I am a sinner. I am on my way to hell. Please save me. Wash me with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cleanse me. Save me, Lord. And I'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. What did that take? Two seconds? Three seconds? And if you prayed that prayer and you were sincere from your heart, God saved you. So there really is no excuse today. There's no excuse today. You know, one of the, one of the greatest fears that I have is that when a soul opens his eyes in hell because he's rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ so many times and eventually his time came because we're all appointed to die at some point. We all have an appointment with death unless the Lord comes first. But if you die without Jesus Christ and you end up in hell... I imagine that probably the greatest torment of hell or one of the greatest torments of hell is going to be when you realize that it was just so simple. That it wasn't anything that you do. It was not any works that you did. All it was was believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so simple. And then you'll spend an eternity in hell, in a lake of fire, just replaying and replaying time after time after time that you heard the gospel, that you could have responded to the gospel, that you could have prayed that simple prayer and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you didn't do it, you put it off, you came up with excuse after excuse after excuse, joke after joke after joke, hey, you know, my buddies are going to be in hell, we're going to party. No, you're not. You're not. You're going to burn for eternity with no relief. So why don't you get saved today? Don't risk it. Don't take a chance. Don't keep putting it off. Get saved today. So we're going to pray for my mom, Diane. We're praying for my sister, Laura. We're praying for David in New York City. We're praying for the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're praying for Manuel's mother. We're praying for Jackie. We're praying for these folks that they would come to themselves, that they would realize that they need to get saved. Now, I know my mom, my sister, David, uh, I know they heard the gospel. They heard it from me. They've heard me preach. They've heard me teach. They've They've heard me on the show. They've heard it. David heard it. Face-to-face, the Baldino family, I know their family. I know that they've heard the gospel, and I know that they've seen the gospel in action in their family. So there's no excuse. I know Manuel. Manuel just recently got saved, and and he has a heart for the Lord, and I know that he he has a genuine concern and a burden for his mom. And I'm sure, I am sure that he's been telling her the things he's been learning. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. So Heavenly Father, we want to pray for those folks on our salvation list. We're praying for my mom, Diane. We're praying for my sister, Laura. We're praying for David. We're praying for the unsaved members of the Baldino family. We're praying for Jackie. And we're praying for Manuel's mom. Father, we just pray that you would touch them today, that you would draw them to yourselves, Lord, that they would get saved by any means necessary. Father, we pray that you wouldn't allow them to harden their heart to the point where they reject the gospel until death. Father, please, we ask you and we beg you to save them. Impress it upon them, Lord. Lord, Help them to understand. Show it to them, Lord. Speak to their hearts and draw them. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, um, let's see. Moving on to our sick list. Uh, so we have some updates. Uh, Doug Turner uh, was moved out of ICU uh, don't have any release date for him, but uh, he'll, he's uh, improving uh, while he's in the hospital here. So we're going to continue to pray for him. Uh, we're continuing to pray for Pastor Martin. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, uh, Pastor Martin is uh, my pastor's pastor. He's uh, a friend to me, and uh, he is 89 years old. He has uh, served for 50 or more years in the pastoral ministry. And uh, he is currently dealing with uh, with a heart condition. He is currently dealing with uh, poor vision, uh, weakness, um, blood pressure problems, medication issues, eczema, a number of number of health concerns. But despite all of that, Pastor Martin, at 89, with all of his health conditions, still makes it a point to go out and street preach once a week. Amen to that. Amen. That's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful that's a shame to us, those of us who don't have overriding health issues that can go out and street preach and don't. Pastor Martin also has a vision problem. Uh, He needs to use a very high-powered magnifying lens in order for him to be able to read. And even with that, he reads 10 chapters out of his Bible every single day. How many of us struggle to read a verse And this man reads 10 chapters a day, and he can barely see. So we're going to pray for Pastor Martin. We're also praying for uh, Hezekiah, who I thought had his biopsy ready. I was corrected today, so uh, we're still waiting for that to take place. And I I believe that's this coming week. So we're going to pray for Hezekiah. Uh, We're praying for uh, Robert with a pinched nerve, Mary Perez uh, for cancer. Uh, We're also praying for my mom, who is currently in the hospital as well um atrial fibrillation uh there are some other concerns there as well um, oxygen level problems carbon dioxide problems uh a number of different things um but the praise side of it is, is that she was moved out of out of uh, i c u to um, uh c c u and uh which is which is a step down which is good and we're we 're very happy with that and we 're thankful to the lord for that And uh, when I saw her briefly yesterday on a video call, she looked great. And I'm uh, really hopeful that uh, that she'll be able to get home probably within the next week. And uh, that'll be a blessing. So we're going to pray for my mom still for her health concerns. My sister, Laura, for a slip disc. Uh, Sister Bernice is uh, still battling cancer and uh, and the new treatment that she's on. Uh, We're praying for that to work and be effective for her. Uh, we're still praying for Janae with a heart condition. I attempted to get an update today, and uh, there wasn't anything new to pass on, so we're going to continue to pray for Janae. Uh, we're praying for Furman uh, with cancer, uh, and um, uh, he's been uh, he's been in the hospital now for quite some time, and his son Alex has kept me updated on it, which I, I really do appreciate, and we're praying for Furman every day uh, on the show and in my personal prayers. Uh, Sharon Baldino for cancer. Martin Mata uh, with lymphoma. Uh, we're still praying for Caitlin's grandmother. Uh, she was in the ICU at the last I, I was informed. Uh, we're also praying for uh, young Asher who is not feeling well today. And Angela is asking prayer for her friend Daniel, uh, who was diagnosed three days ago with leukemia. So uh, we're going to pray for all those on our sick list. Our heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the great physician. Father God, we pray for each one on this list. Lord, we pray for uh, Doug Turner. Uh, We're thankful, Lord, and we praise you that you moved him out of ICU. We're praying for Pastor Martin, for his eyesight, for his heart condition, for his uh, blood pressure issues and his eczema. We thank you, Lord, that that despite his ailments, he still goes out and street preaches, still reads his Bible every day. We are so thankful for him and for his life and ministry. Father, we lift up Hezekiah to you. We lift up Uh, this young man for this biopsy he's going for. Uh, We pray, Lord, that it turns out to be nothing to be of concern and, Lord, that uh, you would bring healing. Uh, For Brother Robert with a pinched nerve, Lord, we lift him up to you today. We ask you, Lord, just to help relieve that pain and to bring healing there. We're praying for Mary Perez for uh, cancer. Lord, we pray that you would just touch her body and bring healing. For my mom, praying for Diane um, in the hospital right now. And, Lord, we just lift her up to you. We ask you to touch her, Lord touch her body, bring her healing, bring her comfort, bring her grace. And, Father, we pray that uh, you would also uh, touch her mind as well and give her peace. Father God, we pray for my sister Laura, for her slipped disc in her back. Lord, we pray that you would just bring healing and good results from the MRI. We're praying for Bernice, Lord, uh, battling cancer uh, and this uh, new treatment that she's on. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would... uh, that you would just heal her, Lord, that you would bring uh, comfort and grace uh, as she goes through these new treatments and that the new treatments wouldn't be, um, wouldn't have uh, many negative effects and they would be effective in treating uh, her particular cancer. We're still praying for Janae, Lord, for uh, her heart condition. Furman, uh, we're praying for him for cancer. Uh, and uh, there are a few other issues that we'll be praying about in another area shortly. But, Lord, you know exactly what they are. We pray, Father, that you would just touch his body, that you would give him comfort, you would give him grace that he needs right now, and, Lord, that you would bring healing. Lord, we're also praying for Sharon Baldino with cancer. We're praying for Martin Mata with lymphoma, Lord. We lift them up to you, and we ask you to touch them and bring healing uh, Caitlin's grandmother in the hospital, Lord. We pray for her that, uh, the doctors would treat her properly, Lord, and, and she would be able to be released and go home soon. We're praying for little Asher, uh, who's been not feeling well today. Lord, we just ask you to touch him and bring him comfort and healing. And we're praying for Daniel. Uh, we pray for him for his diagnosis of of leukemia just a few days ago. And Lord, we pray that, uh, that uh, if he doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ, that, uh, that you would use this opportunity, Lord, to open him up, to bring him a sensitivity to the gospel, Father God, and that he might be saved. Father, we thank you so much for all these on our prayer list. We thank you, Lord, that you answer prayer. And we ask you, Father God, just to please touch each one, bring healing and grace, and we will thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, moving on down the list, we are uh, coming up to our general prayers. Uh, We're going to be praying for my brother-in-law, Jude, uh, for his contracting business and for his uh, traveling overseas right now. We're also praying for uh, Brother Federico Salinas, uh, who has entered the next stage of his his life uh, as a private citizen. And we're thankful for him, for his years of service here in Eagle Pass, and um, we just pray that, that the Lord, you would just uh, just uh, bless his steps. We're praying for Angel as well, for her pregnancy. We're praying for her husband Alex and his job. We're praying for Isabella, for her walk with the Lord. Jessica, for her walk with the Lord. Uh, Alex Herrera has asked for prayer for his walk with the Lord and to have a hedge of protection about him as he's, uh, as he's getting back to work and that uh, he'd be able to retrieve his vehicle and uh, we're also praying for his overall health and well-being we're praying also for furman that's alex's dad uh, we prayed for him uh on the sick list as well but uh in this regard we're praying for the lord's favor in in the hospital that he's in and for his protection while he's there we're also praying for uh firman for to get into a nursing home that they've been looking at and to have uh and to have the lord's favor in that as well uh also praying that, uh, that uh, Alex will be able to get his dad settled uh, in, in the nursing home before he has to return to work. And also of course for the Lord not to let him suffer and to regain his ability to walk and that uh, if it's the Lord's will that he makes it to the rapture. That's a great prayer right there. And uh, we're also praying for the Purcell family as they uh, are continuing their travels and stock shows and rodeos and such. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for all that you do for us. Lord, we just lift up each one on this general prayer list. Father, we particularly pray for um, for, uh, for uh, Brother Herrera, with for his walk and the hedge of protection about him, uh, for getting his car and for his health, for his dad, Furman, uh, for your protection over him while he's in the hospital. And, uh, Lord, we pray that you would extend favor to get him into the nursing home that they've been looking at. And uh, also, of course, Lord, that uh, we're praying that uh, that you would ease his suffering, give him grace and mercy, Lord, and uh, that you would allow him the opportunity to see the rapture, Lord, and uh, the, the great uppertaker, not the undertaker. So Father, God, we thank you for that. We're praying for the Purcells, they travel, Jessica and Isabella for their walks with the Lord, uh, Alex for his work assignments, uh, Angel for her pregnancy, Jude for his business and for his travel protections. Uh, Brother Salinas for uh, his future endeavors, and we will thank you, Father God, for answering all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And then, of course, rounding up the list, we have all of the unspoken prayers of our hearts. Uh, These are prayers that, you know, maybe we don't have the right words to speak to describe the need, or maybe it's something very personal and we can't, uh, or we don't want to um, give out all the details, but we trust that the Lord knows exactly what the situation is and how it needs to be handled. So for unspoken prayers, we're praying for uh, uh, Larissa has an unspoken prayer, Manuel has an unspoken prayer, Mike Elizalde has an unspoken prayer, Eduardo Rodriguez, and of course myself with my longstanding unspoken prayer request. So Heavenly Father, we just commit these unspoken prayer requests to you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we could approach the throne of grace today, We thank you, Lord, that uh, the veil has been parted and we have access to the Holy of Holies and that, Lord, we can lay these petitions, whether it's for just an unspoken prayer, whether it's generalist or sick list, but especially for, for the need of salvation. Father, we thank you that we were able to approach the throne of grace boldly and we're able to lay these petitions before the foot of your throne. Father God, we just thank you so much for answered prayer. We thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer and we pray, Lord, that you would answer all of these according to your perfect will for us and for our lives, and that you would receive all of the honor and all of the glory. And we will thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Now, folks, if you have any prayer requests whatsoever, you can always email them to us at sortofthespiritpodcast.com, sortofthespiritpodcast.com on the contact form on the website, or you can email me directly at info at com. You could also put them in the chat room on Spreaker uh, during the course of the show, and we will add them onto the list, or if it's an immediate need, we can stop the show, and we can just pray for you right there. So uh, there's many ways to get us. Please take advantage of each one of them. All right, uh, moving on here. We don't have any missionary uh, to highlight this Sunday, but we will next Sunday. Second Sunday of every month is Missionary Sunday, and uh, we're excited for the next one. Uh, we don't have any listener questions for today, but we do have a birthday that we're going to celebrate. And uh, Brother Al Powder has reached out and informed us that his birthday is today, actually on the day of the show, which is a blessing for us because we can do it uh, right here, right now. So, Brother Al, God bless you. Thank you so much for all of your support. Thank you for your your emails, your prayers. God bless you, brother. Have a great birthday, and we pray that the Lord will bless you with very many more. And on behalf of myself here at the Sword of the Spirit Podcast and the Sword of the Spirit Podcast family, very happy birthday to you, brother. It's
3: your birthday. It's the day that you were born. It's, your birthday. it's the day your mama brought you home.
1: Amen, and happy birthday, Brother Al. God bless you. And again, on behalf of myself, the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and the Sword of the Spirit podcast family, happy birthday, and God bless you. All right, folks, what we're going to do is take our second break of the afternoon, and uh, that'll give you a chance to go grab your King James Bible, get yourself a a cup of coffee or maybe a refill. I need one. And maybe a bottle of water. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into today's message on feeding the multitude. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. Help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we'll be back right after this. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sing to the King was the song that we played just before that. It was West Coast Baptist College. Uh, A bunch of kids singing that. That's a wonderful song. I loved it. It's great. And uh, I'm surprised I haven't played it before. This is the first time. And I think we're going to add this to our regular rotation of songs because, uh, I don't know, folks, lately the last uh, last couple of shows we've been doing, uh, I don't know, the music is really... Really been getting to me. Uh, So I'm sorry for the interruptions, but you know what? Praise the Lord. If the Lord gets you to move, there is absolutely nothing wrong with giving out a good, hearty amen to something. Not at all. That's good Baptist tradition, folk. So we should definitely keep with that. And of course, when we talk about our King James Bible, our perfect, preserved, inspired Word of God for us today in the English language. You know when we do that, it's time to open up our Bibles and start our service. So let's open up the Word of God today to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. And while you're turning there, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello. And I'd like to welcome you to our Sermon Sunday broadcast, if you're just tuning in. If you are logged into Spreaker, you can head over to the Spreaker app and you can get into our chat room. And if you get there, drop a note, say hello, let us know you're there. If you have any questions, comments, cares, concerns, prayer requests, anything that you need to, sh- to send on to us, you can do it through the chat room or you can email us through our website or you can email me directly. And uh, let's see, are you there yet? John chapter six, John chapter six. All right, episode number 74 is underway. Now in John chapter 6, beginning in verse number 1, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did, on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost." Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had eat, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that that prophet should come into the world. Let's pray. Father, once again, we have read a portion of your fabulous book, The Word of God. Lord, people are listening today to get something, to receive something from you. They've tuned in after being beaten up and assaulted in the world all week long. They've been targets of the fiery darts of the wicked one. Their emotions are frayed. Their bodies are exhausted. They're tired and worn out from the fray of life. We're reminded that your book says that man is born unto trouble and the sparks fly upward. Father, this people is like any other people, a needy people. They need to receive something today that will... um, reinvigorate their souls, encourage their hearts that will demonstrate to them truth that they can absolutely count on. You know, they've watched newscasts, Father, they've scratched their head and they've said, you know, I wonder if that's so. They've read newspapers with doubts. Lord, today your book is absolute and we can count on it. And we pray that you would use it to minister to us in this hour in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now this amazing and incredible miracle that we just read has parallel accounts in all the other gospels. You'll find the same exact story in Mark chapter six, Luke chapter nine, and Matthew chapter fourteen. It's rare, really, when when, when God's Holy Spirit has preserved something in all four gospels, but this is one of the occasions when he did, and we're thankful for that. The episode here that we're looking at has an application for the last days. And when I say the last days, I'm talking about the last days in which you and I live. Now, any student of the Bible would, would probably agree that we live in the last days. And, um, and I guess the reason it has an application is that, and uh, Mark said it this way. He said it took place when a day was now far spent. So there's something here for us. There's something here that applies to you and I. We just kind of have to figure out what it is. Now, in verse 1, we read this, After these things. Now, when you see that, after these things, that always needs you to make a pause and think, well, after what things? I mean, that must have, you know, that, that must have some kind of an application or, or something that'll help us understand more about the story, right? After these things. Well, what things? Well, let's go back to chapter 5 and verse 39, and we'll get a little more perspective and insight on what it is that took place before the incident in chapter 6. Verse 39 of chapter 5. Verse 39 of chapter 5. Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. Now I'm telling you, I am sure that they just received that particular message with overwhelming enthusiasm. You have not the love of God in you. And they said, oh yeah, boy, man, preach on, preach on. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I, I doubt it. Verse 43, I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him you will receive. So now we're kind of getting... Um, a broader picture of the last day application here. What Jesus is telling them, I mean, even though it's still in cloudy terms, but it's becoming more and more clear as you go through your Bible uh, you won't receive me, but the Antichrist you will receive. <laughs> wow, that's a tough message. That's hard. Verse 44 How can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Do not think I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? So Jesus here said, you know, your problem is deep-rooted. It's not It's not just present tense. It goes all the way back to Moses, who you profess to trust in. But yet you really don't believe him. If you're not going to believe Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, you're not going to believe me. And then we come to after these things. After what things? Well, after this scathing message that Jesus had just delivered to this Israelitish people who professed to be the most religious people on the face of the planet. After these things, he went over the Sea of Galilee So Jesus had just chastised them for not reading or believing the Word of God. Now, if there was ever a truth applicable to the American people today, it's that one. You know, you have people that say all kinds of things, and they say it like they're pronouncing it with the authority from the Scripture. You know, I've had people say to me, well, you know, the Bible says cleanliness is next to godliness. And I'd say, where? Where does it say that? Well, I know it says that. Well, I'm sure it does. Why don't you show me? And then there are things even more ridiculous than that that they're said. You know, people don't read. People don't read, and they don't know what the Scripture says. All right, let's read read verse 2. Verse 2, And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did, on them that were diseased. So the verse simply indicates that it changed nothing for the multitude that followed it. They followed for the miracles, not for the word. Could you do one more circus act for us? Could you do one more carnival routine? Could you just show us one more magic trick? That's why they're following, not because of the word that he faithfully preached. You know, we oftentimes you know, rehearse in our thoughts and our minds the vocabulary of, you know, what can you do for me? That's this generation. What can you do for me? This is the generation that you and I now live in. In a broader sense, the what can you do for me generation has always really been here. They were there in Jesus' day. You know, It's not what can I learn or what can I absorb or uh, what is truth. It's more of you got a bone you can throw me. You got a crumb that I could have. You got a miracle I could get in, I could get in on. That's why the multitude is following him. Look at verse 3. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now, I'm going to get some water. (coughs) Excuse me. I forgot to mute the microphone there, I'm sorry. One of the first things I was ever taught when I was doing uh, the, the show back in New York was... Whenever you cough, sneeze, or anything like that, you're supposed to mute the mic. But I was too far away from the button. Sorry. Now, okay. So uh, Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. So, for uh, for those of you that are listening that want to be students of the world of the word, this again is really prophetic. Really prophetic. When when Jesus concluded the miracle on the diseased he went to a mountain and sat down. Now, does that sound familiar? When Jesus concluded his earthly ministry, at his ascension, he went to a mountain. The Bible calls it Mount Zion in the sides of the north. And he sat down to make intercession for us. So that presents his present ministry. His present ministry is not as a prophet as when he was here, But now as a priest, making intercession for us, there is one God and one mediator between God and man. That is the man, Christ Jesus, the Bible says. He went to a mountain and there sat down with his disciples. You know, one day, I'm going to sit down with him. I'm just going to sit down with him. That's after, of course, I fall down and I worship at his feet for a while. And then I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to say, Sayon, Lord. Sayon. I won't be bored in his church. I'll be awake. Not like some of you listening today. So the emphasis now changes from doing miracles to feeding. Doing miracles to feeding. And it's important that we notice that. It's really important that we notice that because the emphasis was on doing miracles. And now there's a switch from miracles to feeding. You know, we've got to feed these people. And of course, you know, feeding physically is always a demonstration of in your Bible of feeding spiritually. That's why the Word of God says, desire the sincere milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. You know, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews admonishes us to desire the meat of the word of the Word. The Bible compares itself to milk. It compares itself to meat, to honey, to bread, to all kinds of things that we eat. The Bible compares itself to. We're told that the prophet of old took the scroll of God and he ate it. And there are many comparisons there. Look to me in verse 5. Look to me in verse 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? So there's a great company that's hungry today. The world is hungry. There's a great company that's starving but sadly, many of them don't know what the problem is. They don't understand that they're suffering from spiritual malnutrition. They don't understand that, that, that spirituality, they, they have extended bellies and they have sunken eyes. They don't understand that they're, fa- that they're just that far from death. They're starving. They're hungry. There's a great company. You know, that's why I believe in missions. That's why we support missionaries. That's why our church supports missionaries around the world. There's a great company out there, and it's our responsibility, as Jesus assumed the personal responsibility of feeding this great company. He said they must be fed. So he approached one of his disciples and he said, Hey Philip, is there a Burger King nearby? Now obviously you know I'm paraphrasing, (laughs) you know. Is there a bakery available? Is there something out there that we can do to feed these people? Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, the Bible says in verse 6, And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Well, of course he did. Of course he did. Jesus always knew what he would do. Did it ever occur occur to you that Jesus asks you questions just to prove you? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do with this information? What have you thought about? Have you pondered this? Have you made this a personal issue? So in other words, all of a sudden it seems like Jesus has put in the burden of responsibility of feeding 5,000 people on one guy, Philip. What are you going to do about it, Philip? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's what I would have said, (laughs) you know, beats the fire out of me, Lord. I don't know what to do. There are many circumstances in life that are nothing but a proving ground. The Lord said, what are you going to do? And he said it to prove him. He wanted to know what Philip's answer was going to be. So, and it gets more fascinating, really does. Go to, go to verse seven, verse seven. Philip answered him and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Now, in your Bible, a penny represents one day's wages. And you see that consistently throughout your Bible. So, so knowing that, do you see what Philip is saying? He's saying that, you know, two-thirds of my annual paycheck wouldn't be able to buy enough bread so that everyone can have a fragment. 200-penny worth wouldn't give everybody enough to, enough to say so, Lord. 200. 200. Now, Anytime you find numbers in your Bible, you may not be instantly able to detect what it's all about, but you know what? God wrote a book that is numerically constructed in an incredible kind of way. I mean, he's even got a book in the Bible called Numbers, doesn't he? God puts an incredible emphasis on numbers. God created the earth in six days, and he rested the seventh. That's why our weeks are divided into seven days, and then we start all over again. Now, if we were a product of evolution, why is it seven days? Why do we have weeks at all if it's an ongoing process? God does things by sevens, and then he starts over. That's why in your Bible, the number seven is the number of completion, and number eight is the number of new beginning. Did you know that every piece of music that's ever been written, every concerto, every symphony that's ever been constructed, anything that's been done musically only has seven notes? That's all there is, and there is not anymore. You know, you start at middle C, you work your way up the scale to B, and then you start all over again. Do you know what the next C is? It's an eighth note. It's an octave. It's a new beginning. It's just like artists. You know, real artists know there's only seven colors. Well, you say, well, I was down at Sherwin-Williams, and they had like 494, and, you know, my wife picked out 90 of them, you know, and brought them home and spread them on the kitchen table and said, what are we going to paint the living room? You know, but those are just combinations of colors. God is a God of numbers. And I, and I said all that just to ask you this. What's that number 200 all about? Now, do you suppose the Holy Spirit just inserted that coincidentally? Or do we have a book that is divinely composed beyond human comprehension? So what I did is I set about the task of researching the number 200 in the Bible, and it revealed some really interesting and fascinating facts. We're introduced to an amazing numerical truth. Do you know what the number 200 is? Let's let the Bible establish the definition on its own, all right? Again, let's look at verse 7. Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Now, if you search your Bible, and I'm going to show you a few examples of it, uh, but if you if you find that number two hundred consistently is the number of insufficiency. Now in this case, human reasoning was insufficient. Peter said, "I don't know. It boggles my mind." You know, two hundred is absolutely insufficient. Now I'm reminded over in Joshua chapter seven of a man by the name of Achan. Now you don't have to turn there, but if you're if you're writing things down, you're taking notes, you can write these down. You can look them up later. Uh, Achan stole two hundred shekels of silver but it wasn't enough to save him from the consequences of sin. Therefore, we learn from Joshua 7 that the insufficiency about the insufficiency of money. Now, if you think money is going to buy your happiness or your security or your salvation, man, you're dead wrong. It wouldn't buy it for Achan or his family. 200 shekels of silver is insufficient. All that it led to was horrible, wretched sin and death of him and his family. And then over in 2 Samuel chapter 14, we read that Absalom's hair was 200 shekels weight. Now, if you know anything about Absalom, you know that he was, he was the renegade son of King David. He was, um, he was charismatic. He was a strong man. And once a year, the Bible says that he pulled his hair. And all that means is that he cut his hair. And when he cut his hair off, it was 200 shekels weight. 200 shekels weight. Now, do you know what the lesson there is? the insufficiency of human beauty. Now, make no mistake about it, Absalom was a specimen. You know, he was something special. No question about it. He had admirers from one end of the kingdom to the other. And because of his popularity, it appeared like at one point that he would actually lead a successful revolt against his own father. And it was all based upon human beauty. But alas... He was caught in a tree by his hair. The very thing that people admired about him, the very thing that he admired in himself, was the key to his detriment and his destruction. And then what happened? Then Joab came along and put a dart in his heart while he was hanging from a tree by his hair. And then you have over in Judges chapter 17. Judges chapter 17, we read about Micah's graven image that was purchased for 200 shekels. And it led to idolatry throughout all of Israel. And then eventually in Revelation chapter 7, the blotting out of two entire tribes, Dan and Ephraim. You know what that teaches me? That teaches me that Micah's image of 200 shekels teaches me the insufficiency of religion. The insufficiency of mere religion. Micah said, I want to build my own religious system. And it's really no different than today. A lot of people today don't like that. You know, you go up to somebody and you say, excuse me, sir, can I ask you a question? If you died today, would you go to heaven? Well, you know, I think there are many ways to get to heaven, and I've got my way, and I'm happy with it. Well, that's no different than Micah. That's no different. He's building his own religious system. He hires a priest. He builds an idol out of 200 shekels, and it just demonstrates the insufficiency of mere religion. If you're clinging to religion to forgive you of your sins and to make sure that you have the assurance of eternal life, I'm telling you right now on the authority of Scripture, you are barking up an insufficient tree. But it doesn't end there. In Ezra chapter 2, Ezra chapter 2, they just finished building the foundation of the new temple. What a glorious moment that is. What a wonderful day it is. The, the, you know There are people that have been captured for 56 years prior to that and hauled off to Babylonian captivity. God's prophets uttered three times that they would be in captivity for 70 years, and yet, by God's mercy and by God's grace, God allowed about 50,000 of these expatriates to return to the land for the specific purpose of rebuilding the temple so that when God allowed more to return to the land, they would already have a place to worship. So when they came back, they rebuilt the foundation of the temple. That alone was a two-year project. They rejoiced, and they sang, and they composed a choir of men and women. Now, I like choirs, don't you? I enjoy choirs. I like to hear a blend of many voices. I do. And it must have been a fabulous choir, because the Bible said they had a 200-voice choir. Now, can you imagine 200 men and 200 women Uh, that have the ability to harmonize and sing. Man, I would have brought my lawn chair and had some iced tea. You know, sing on, man, sing on. This is great. But the sad part of the story is, is that shortly after this, they had this great revival meeting and reconstructed the temple foundation. They went and built their own homes. and the sand and the tumbleweeds of the desert began to blow, and years and years later the prophet Haggai is sent to rebuke them because they left off building the temple. Do you know what that 200-voice choir shows me? The insufficiency of external things in worship. The insufficiency of external things in worship. Now, I like choirs, but it's it's an external thing. And if if all you get out of going to church is listening to someone sing, then all you're getting is the external. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It's got to be an inside thing that's happening. You know, God wants to minister to your heart. He wants to speak to your soul. And if all you're getting out of church is, boy, what a lovely church. All you're doing is appreciating the external, and it's insufficient. It will not meet the real need. And then you go over in First Chronicles chapter 12, and you read about the 200 men of the tribe of Issachar. And to me, this is one of the most fascinating of all the texts. What that chapter is about is that it goes chronologically down through all the tribes of Israel, and it shows how many men each one of the tribes are contributing to David's army. And most of them are up in the thousands, You know, you go down the list and the 12 tribes and and, in verse 32, you get to Issachar and it says 200 men from Issachar. And I'm thinking 200. That's a small contribution, right? I mean, that doesn't amount to anything compared to the thousands from Judah and all the rest that are contributing thousands and thousands. And then it says that they had understanding of the times and all of their brethren were at their command. So there's something incredibly unusual about Issachar. And we'll find out about that when we come back from this break. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. We'll be right back after this. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends, your family, and your followers. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
0: we know in the journey of life. Whether green rolling hills or the deserts bare and dry, in all things God works for our good. For those who Gardened valleys where we walk sure and strong, or the rugged terrain unsafe and long. God has promised his help. Fear not, I will guide you. Take my hand, for my promises are true. And this we know in the journey of life Whether green rolling hills Or the deserts bare and dry In all things God works for our good For those who... The seasons of life, times of joy or despair, victory and defeat. I know the plans I have for you. Says your God, plans to prosper you, not to harm.
2: still be many more. If I could mention only one, I'd have to thank him for his son, and that's enough to pray.
1: For All He's Done by West Coast Baptist College. Great song. And the song before that uh, is In All Things, God Works for Our Good. And I'm going to mispronounce the man's name. but It's Kevin Inafuku, I believe. I-N-A-F-U-K-U. So uh, two great songs. Uh, Love those songs. Great songs. I I think I say that about every song I play, don't I? (laughs) I think I do. But hey, that, that's okay because uh, you know God gave us music, and He gave us good music so that we could worship in our spirits. God tells us to sing praises to Him in music and psalms, and psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It says in the Book of Ephesians, we should always be making melody in our hearts. And uh, these are great songs; they're good God glorifying songs, and I'm thankful to have them. And uh, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Rusiello, and uh, we are talking about the feeding of the 5,000, the fe- feeding of the multitudes from John chapter 6. And we were just talking about the tribe of Issachar, and we were talking about the number of 200 and how 200, uh, anytime you find it in the Scripture, uh, is always an indication of something is being insufficient. Something is being insufficient. And uh, here we are talking about the tribe of Issachar. And it says that uh, they had understanding of the times and all of their brethren were at their command. So before with the break, we said that there was something incredibly unusual about the tribe of Issachar. Uh, so Issachar has, has an ability uh, to basically, you know, project where the stock market is going, you know. He has an understanding of the times. He understands the banking system. He understands how to protect your 401k. You know, he, he's also a military genius. He knows how to manipulate and maneuver and, uh, and, and strategize to his advantage. He has an understanding of the times. And then in the very next chapter, uh, David says to Israel, well, let's move the ark. Let's bring it home from kirjath Jerem where it's been for the last 80 years. Let's bring it back to the city of David, to Jerusalem, so that we, we, we would have the blessings of God upon us. So what did David do? Well, he got all of the heavyweights together, and surely that must have included the 200 men from Issachar. They had understanding of the times. They had all of their brethren at their command. So he got them all together. He got the counselors together, the legislators together, the cabinet together. He got them all together, and they all, in a unanimous agreement, not one dissenting voice said it was a good idea. Well, great. Well, how are we going to do it? So they said, let's, let's build a new cart, and we'll put the ark on the cart, and then we'll bring it up here. And they all said, without dissent, What a wonderful idea. Great idea. Let's do it. So they got the new cart, and they put the ark on it. And you know they're singing. They're dancing. They're rejoicing, praising God. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the oxen stumbles, and the ark slides over, and it looks like it's about to fall off. And then there was a man named Uzzah, and he reached out to stop the ark from falling. And he touches it, and God strikes him dead, just like that. Well, why did God strike him dead? Well, first of all, he wasn't a Levite. Only the Levites had permission to touch the ark. And secondly, they were transporting the ark entirely different from what was prescribed in the scripture. You know, you go back to the book of Numbers and you read that if you're going to carry the ark, it was to be borne on the shoulders of who? Of the priests. On all four corners, there were gold rings where wooden rods or staves uh, ran through those rings, and they put a priest on all four corners, and they hoisted it up on their shoulders. Well, in First Chronicles 13, they weren't doing that. Now, you have 200 guys that are supposed to be the brain trust. Not one of them said, hey, wait a minute. I remember back in Sunday school, we're not supposed to carry it that way because no one knew what the book said somebody died that shows me the insufficiency of human wisdom lacking god's word so now as you go through your bible over and over again any time that number 200 pops up without exception it always represents insufficiency so philip says 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient, Lord. It just isn't sufficient. It's not enough. So let's go back to John chapter 6 and let's see what else is there. John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 8. I'm going to take some, some coffee out of my Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mug. Mm, that's good. Verse 8 of John chapter 6. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? You know, leave it to Andrew to spy out the lad. Did you ever stop and think about this? There's 5,000 men, plus women and children. That's a crowd bigger than some towns around where I live. All of a sudden, Andrew comes along and says, Lord, there's a lad here, and he's got five loaves and two fishes. That would be like me saying, after church today, we're going to have a lunch served in the back, and I hope you all come. We have four McDonald's hamburgers and two French fries. Enjoy. I mean, what kind of deal is that, right? So there's Andrew. And I thought about that for a second. Now, every time you find Andrew in the Scripture... Without exception, he's bringing someone to Jesus. That's what Andrew does best. You know, there's no record of Andrew preaching a sermon. Never had a record of Andrew doing anything spectacular in the sense that most people would perceive it. But every time Andrew shows up, he's doing the simple task of bringing people to Jesus. Here, he's bringing a a boy, a lad, to Jesus. Now, how did Andrew know that this little boy had five loaves and two fishes in his backpack? I mean, he must have had them in something, right? I'm sure he just wasn't carrying around five loaves in one arm and two fish in the other. He had to have them in a bag or a pack or something. But how did Andrew know that? How did he identify this lad with five loaves and two fishes? Except, except that he had taken the time to talk with him. A little boy, a little lad, very insignificant among the masses in the, in the bigger picture. But you know something? Andrew had a heart for folks. Andrew had a heart for the little boy. I mean, just in your mind's eye, just picture it. Just walking along, looking at this great big mass of folks, and there's this little lad just sitting there on a rock. And he just goes over there, and he settles down, and he sits down with them, and he says, Son, what's your name? How old are you? Is your mom and dad here? Where do you live? What do you want to be when you grow up? You know, He just starts talking to him. He took an interest in this little boy, obviously. He wouldn't have known any other way that this little boy, this lad, had five loaves and two fishes. You know, the key to discipleship, the key, key, capital K-E-Y, to discipleship is taking an interest in other people. Having some concern about them. You know, a preacher once told me that um, the people that whine the most about having about no one having an interest in them are the same ones that have no interest in anyone else. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you met with all, it shall be measured to you again. I mean, even the world understands that principle. Don't they? Don't they say, you know, what comes around goes around? Well, where do they get that from? They get it out of a Bible truth. They get it from a Bible truth. Let's look over in verse 10. John chapter 6, verse 10. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. 5, now did you ever stop to think that there are times that you're not going to get anything from Jesus Christ until you sit down and wait on him, I mean Americans are probably the worst at waiting. I mean, we hate to wait we 're bad about it i 'm bad about it in fact i 'm horrible about it. I am way more like peter than, than than I am Paul in that. you know recently, I was looking to buy a topical Bible, and um, now a topical Bible is a great tool when you 're preparing Bible messages or Bible studies. And, um, there really aren't very many options here in Eagle Pass, uh, of where I can go buy one, you know, especially the one that I was looking for. I'm very particular when it comes to those things. You know, I won't settle for an NIV, an ASV, RSV or anything else. I wanted a Knave's old King James topical Bible. So I went online I went to one particularly popular Christian book web, website and they had a whole bunch on there. Uh, but the one that I wanted wasn't available. It was back ordered, and they said that the w- and they said it was uh, a long wait for the delivery. Well, that's no good. You know, I I I need it now. <laughs> you know, I don't want to wait. So they went on to another, to another website, and I found it. You know, available. You know, two day free shipping. And the best part of it was, it was less. It was like six dollars less. You know, so it was great. I don't like to wait. Americans are bad. At waiting. Jesus said to make the men sit down. You know, sometimes you've got to sit down, breathe through your nose, relax, you know, exclude all your exterior influences. Get your Bible. Sit there. Read it. And allow God to speak to your heart. And that's what you need to do. In fact, that's what we all need to do. Jesus said, make the men sit down. How many times over the years have you heard folks say, well, I guess God was trying to get my attention. I mean, how many times have I said that to myself? You know, our lives are spent rushing from one place to another, from one commitment to the next. The bigger question is, the bigger question is, how necessary are all those things? You know, what we've done, and I I think we've done it ignorantly, you know, not purposely. But I think what we've done in providing our children with so much extracurricular activity, you know, soccer, baseball, football, you know, scouts, you know, they've lost the ability to just sit down and listen. You know, they have to have a television, a radio, a computer, a cell phone, You know, then we say, you know, my doctor says my kid has ADD. What a shock, (laughs) you know? What a shock. Jesus said, sit down. Sit down. Now, I know some of you are listening, and you're looking at the clock, and you're saying, man, he started at 3 o'clock. It's an hour and 40 minutes in. And then some of you are starting to calculate, well, he's on verse 10, and if he just gives just two minutes to each verse, we'll be out of here soon, right? We can turn it off. Sit down. Sit down. Verse 11. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. You know, part of discipleship is, and in fact, actually a large part of discipleship is food distribution. You know, you want to be considered a disciple of Jesus Christ. You want to be called a disciple of Jesus Christ. You want to think of yourself as a disciple of Jesus Christ. The disciples were given the responsibility of food distribution. You guys distribute the food. The Lord creates it. We distribute it. Now, I didn't create this book. The Lord did. I distribute it. You should distribute it. We should all be in the food distribution business. That is one of the great ingredients of discipleship. You know, there was a, do you remember, there was a post-resurrection dinner. That was a bread and fish dinner, interestingly. This here was a bread and fish dinner. Let me show you another bread and fish dinner that took, that took uh, place. And look with me over in John chapter 21. John chapter 21. John chapter 21, and we're going to go to verse 12. John 21, verse 12. Jesus saith unto them, Come, and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Now, this is after Jesus was resurrected, okay? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples, after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. He saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, him, Feed my sheep. He saith unto him the third time, Simon, Son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Now Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Now it's been noted by just about every commentator that wrote on this passage that Jesus asked Peter, lovest thou me three times because this is the same Peter that denied the Lord three times. And I suppose that's related. I do. But the bigger principle is this. Jesus wanted to make one thing clear to Peter and that was his responsibility to feed the sheep. That's our job. Feed the sheep. Let's go back over to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 12. John chapter 6, verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. So they're all filled. They all had as much as they could eat. They're stuffed. And it all came from five loaves and two fishes. Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Now, prophetically, prophetically, the scene is indicative of the feeding of the remnant of Israel in the Great Tribulation, who will also be felled miraculously from heaven by God at Petra. You get that over in Revelation chapter 12. And you pick up fragments of that in four different prophets in the Old Testament. Do you know what the Lord's going to do when Israel is finally forced to flee into the wilderness? I mean, folks, do you keep up with current events? I mean, it's exciting stuff. It's exciting. Lift up your heads, your redemption draws nigh. Does the hatred and animosity against Israel intensify in this world? Absolutely it does. It's not going to lessen, and it's not going to subside. It's going to keep compounding itself and intensify. And then pretty soon, the whole world is going to be crying out against Israel Israel, to the extent, to the extent that, As the Bible teaches, they're going to have to flee into the wilderness for their very survival, for their very lives. And God, as He did before, with manna from heaven, will miraculously feed them once again. Now, I know that some of you are probably thinking, well, man, that's far out. Well, that's not as far out as thinking that your ancestor is a baboon. You know, that's not as far out as saying, you know, God wouldn't send anybody to hell. Verse 13. Therefore they, gathered themse- Therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Now, folks, you can't miss this. You cannot miss this. If you've never heard a verse of Scripture before, you couldn't miss this. How many baskets? Twelve. How many disciples? Twelve. Every disciple got a whole basket. What did they start with? Five loaves, two fishes. What you can put into a sack lunch. Because the disciples obeyed the commission of distributing to others, they ended up with a truckload. The more you distribute to others, the more God gives back to you. They started with nothing, and they each ended up with a whole basket now, Andrew packs, packs his basket home that night, and he's got a great big basket, and he comes home to Mrs. Andrew and all the little Andrews. And he says, honey, and she says, honey, where did you get all that food? And he says, oh, wait till you see this. And he puts it down on the kitchen table, and she's never smelled fresher bread. She's never touched softer bread. He says, wait, wait till you get to the bottom. You've never put your teeth into smoked salmon like this. And they drag it out, and she says, but, but, but honey, where did you get all this? He says, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. But he says, brace yourself, because I'm going to tell you anyway. He said, it was the most far-out thing I've ever seen. It was great. The Lord did it again. Now let me ask you something. Can God produce more than you can eat? One basket for each disciple. Now you say, the Lord just hasn't filled my basket. Well, maybe that's because you haven't been serving others. You serve others, the Lord will fill your basket. You know, the Lord's not basket challenged. You know, involve yourself in serving others and God will fill your basket. Now, this is our last verse, verse 14. Last verse. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Some people were convinced. They finally made the transition from miracle to truth, and praise God for that. Praise God. Some of them finally made that leap. You know, these miracles are just a mirror of something else that we need to see that's far more critical. This is the prophet. This is that prophet that should come into the world. It's him. It's the Messiah. It's the Messiah Prince. It's the one the prophets wrote about. It's the one that we've been waiting for. It's him. Some of them finally made that transition. What's your reaction to this truth? Now, we're in the same chapter, okay? I just want to run through a couple of more verses to show you where Jesus is going with this. I know I said that was our last verse, I'm sorry, but I just got a couple more verses I want to show you. Okay? Jesus never, ever, ever performed a miracle without a purpose. Jesus never just walked around indiscriminately performing miracles. He never did it. Every miracle, miracle, first of all, was predicated upon a crisis. He was not a circus act. He refused to be one. As Jesus was performing these miracles, it's, it always had a purpose. Well, what was the purpose of this miracle? Let's skip down to verse 27. Verse 27, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Now meat can also be bread in Bible language, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Jesus is saying, don't labor for that loaf that you're going to put on your table, carve it up, and it's good, fresh Italian bread. He said, don't don't labor for that. Labor for another kind of bread. Well, what kind of bread? What kind of bread? It's bread that has to do with everlasting life. If you could get a loaf of bread and distribute it to your family, And you could quantitatively say that without any fear of contradiction, if you eat just one piece of this bread, you'll live forever. Wouldn't you be clamoring to get your hands on that bread? You would be looking for that harder than Ponce de Leon was looking for the fountain of youth in the swamps of Florida. Jesus said, you need to be looking for that bread. All right, let's look on. Verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. Ladies and gentlemen, how would you interpret that? How would you interpret that? I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Wow, that's what I need, Lord. That's what I need. Verse 40, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. You see, Jesus said, "If you would partake of Him who is the bread of life, He'll give you victory over the grave, and He'll give you everlasting life." Verse forty-one. The Jews then murmured it at him. Murmured at him. Now, I, I, I wonder if there is any of us that are murmuring right now, that are listening to this right now, that are murmuring. I don't believe that. I have my religion. I am a good person. I am I'm not, I'm not a sinner. I am not a sinner. You're murmuring in your heart, you need the bread of life. That's not church. That's not this podcast. That's not this preacher. That's not your pastor. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. You need the bread of life. They murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Now look at verse 48 with me. I am that bread of life. Okay, how would you interpret that? How would you interpret that? I think that's pretty clear. That's crystal clear, isn't it? I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now, what you need to do is simply this. You need to eat the right bread. You know, there are things that are obviously insufficient about the bread that we get at McDonald's and Burger King that we buy at the grocery store. I mean, even the organic bread and stuff that you buy at the health food stores. Folks, it all grew in a cursed earth, came from a cursed ground. It's being fed into a cursed body that's going into a cursed grave. Folks, you need another kind of bread, the bread of life, who is Jesus Christ. And all you have to do is say, Lord Jesus, I want the bread. You know, a man once said, what a preacher really is, is just one beggar telling another beggar where the bread is. And that's the truth. I am just one beggar telling you beggars where the bread is. The bread is him. I am come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. If you have questions in your heart about eternal life and the forgiveness, forgiveness of your sin, and that you know that you're not saved, and you're not on your way to heaven, partake of the bread. Partake of the bread. Well, how do I do that? Where's the loaf? Well, you say, Lord Jesus, it's me, and you know me. I can't fool you. You know how wicked it is in here. You know, you may have fooled everyone else, but you can't fool him. God, I know that you died for me on Calvary's cross and you shed your blood to forgive me of all my sin. All I want to do now is receive the bread and I want to eat of it and partake of it by faith. And I want to trust you. Forgive me and save me. Father, we want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for everyone that's listening today. We want to thank you for everyone that's going to listen to it later as a podcast. Father, we just ask you to please, Lord, please bless the reading, the preaching, and the teaching of your holy word today. Speak to hearts and minds. Use this message in a mighty way. And Lord, if there's any that are listening under the sound of my voice that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ, that's not saved, would you save them today? Would you impress it upon their hearts and their minds their absolute need for the good bread, the right bread, the bread of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for it. And it's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Well, folks. That, uh, that'll just about do it for today's episode of the Sword of the Spirit Podcast. Episode number 74 is just about complete. I want to thank you folks once again for tuning in. I really do appreciate you taking your time to listen. God bless you for it. Folks, head over to SwordOfTheSpiritPodcast.com and uh, send us over a message through the contact form or email me at info at com. And also, if you could, look for that support this podcast button, monthly recurring, or a one-time contribution, and we'll thank you for it. Lord willing, we'll see you Thursday. And until then, God bless you. Take care. And win the laws at all costs.